take our time and just let God have his way tonight. He's already said he's going to do it. (laughs) He's already shown he's going to have his way. Amen. And when we let God have his way, we get out of his way. You're going to find out his way is a lot better than our way. Amen. Amen. I I make up my mind. Lord, I, I want to stay out of your way. And I want you to have your way. Praise God. We're turning to Matthew, the 27th chapter. Thank you for your prayers. Appreciate folks just praying and asking God to help not only direct, and that's what I ask you, direct with his will, his wisdom. Amen. Amen. Praise God. But also an anointing. Without that anointing, without that power from God, it's really just nothing. But God's got to work. And I appreciate hungry brothers and sisters praying. Hallelujah. And just uh, being a blessing. Amen. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you for this great, great answer to prayer. Lord, you are so good. And we take this time so seriously, God. Lord, it's clearly what you have asked us to do in remembrance. Clearly, Lord, that you have set this forth to to remember, to take time and honor, Lord, this great sacrifice that you made for our salvation. And we don't take it lightly at all. I pray let your anointing, Lord, as it always does, just come in a very special way. We recognize, Lord, that our feeble understanding can never just grasp the totality of this great sacrifice that was made, Lord. But Lord, let's help us to see a little more clearly what you have done, Lord. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew 27, verse 41. And we, more than ever, approach his word with reverence. I, uh, He's our friend. He's our closest friend. But he is Almighty God, and there, there we. I fear that reverence has been really taken out of worship. Matthew twenty-seven forty-one. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders. These are the religious leaders of that day, mocking Jesus. He saved others. Himself, he cannot save. Oh, he could have called down the angels of heaven in a fury of wrath. It's not that he could not save himself. It's that he would not because his desire was to save you and I. And he could not do that if he saved himself. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him now let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I'm the son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God bless you. You can be seated. I had a question posed to me. Just uh, two or three weeks ago about these scriptures and uh, I said I, I felt like the Lord had already led me to to answer this question and 
in uh, service. Was not 100% sure it would be tonight, but feel this direction from God. This day that we see in the Word of God so clearly the love of God being manifested, the, the grace of God, that God would allow the events of cruelty that happened this day to fulfill the promise, to fulfill the prophecy that the price might be paid that we would be saved. It just never ceases to amaze me to think about the, the evil that transpired that day, the hate, the mocking, the cruelty. And yet through that all, God oversaw that and says, you're just playing into my will. That as they schemed and as they their hatred began to, to and their envy began to be action to murder an innocent man, they did not realize they were fulfilling Scripture. The question I've heard asked over the years, people that I've heard try to respond to it, seem very uh, sadly ignorant of Scripture. That as Jesus hangs on that cross and in his suffering and in this payment, he cries out at this time in the language that the Jews would speak that day, most likely Aramaic, and said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Much of your religious uh, teaching today will kind of miss what is really happening here and try to explain how maybe one God will pray to another God and and, and say, hey, wait a minute, I need you the most right now. Where, why, why, why have you turned your back on me? Let me tell you something. Jesus knew what was happening, what he was doing, and what was going to happen from the very beginning. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we say, why me? But I'll tell you, Jesus told his disciples just exactly what was going to happen. And that he would die. He bore my sin, not his own. God manifested in the flesh, Timothy said. I heard someone that I began to talk to about the nature of God one time. And, and they said, you know, if I just read the Bible and don't talk to anybody at all, there's no way that I would read this Bible and think that Jesus was God. I said, did you read how they introduced him in Matthew, the first chapter? <laughs> I think if you just read about his birth, it tells you that his name would be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. Amen. The prophets foretold that he would be wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, God. Amen. Not a God, not a part of God. The Bible says he was the fullness of divinity in a body. Amen. The image, the visible part of an invisible God. But God became man, emptied himself really of of the glory and the divinity and came to suffer and and die for our sins. Amen. You go to the book of Revelation and see in the eighth verse, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am the one who is alive and and was dead and now am alive forevermore. And he goes on and says, the Almighty. 
before he ascends into heaven, he says, all power on heaven and earth is what? It's given unto me. How does that one that says, listen, I'm going to die, but in three days I'm going to rise again. I'm not, I'm going to suffer the hands of men. I'm going, you're going to see me beaten. You're going to see me lifted up off the earth. You're going to see my death. But you wait, I'm going to overcome death. Hallelujah. The disciples themselves was, were, were confused. Even the Roman government said, we heard that deceiver. Well, it was the, the religious leaders going to the Romans saying, we heard that deceiver. He said he's going to rise again. His disciples, they said, I'm going fishing. I trusted that he was the Messiah, but I'm, I'm going to go. I'm done. I, I give up. It was the religious leaders that remembered that he would rise again. And they said, we don't know what they're planning on doing. Maybe they'll steal the body. Can we get a guard out there and make sure that there's no, no, no problem here? Because we don't want everybody saying that something, some miracle happened. We, we believe that we have stopped this movement. Praise God he rose. Amen. You'll find, though, Matthew 22. We'll turn to it in our Bibles. Or, I'm sorry, Luke, or the book of Psalms, Psalm 22. Apologize. Psalm 22 is the 22nd song in the Jewish hymnal, if you will. The book of Psalms, that very word Psalms, is talking about songs or hymns sung unto God. These were a part of their worship regularly. These psalms were very well known. Some of these psalms they would sing on their way to their worship. Some of these psalms were incorporated in worship. Many of the psalms are, 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 are magnifying God. Others are crying out to God in lamentation, in, pain, in the pain of, of their lives. But understand that these psalms, like many of the scriptures that these religious leaders had memorized, were well known and well incorporated in their worship. When you turn to Psalm 22, it begins with the prophecy. Maybe up to this point, they, they just wondered this, this, this psalm that David had written and, and, and crying out to God in his trial and his trouble. But he writes down, inspired by God, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so, why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Coincidence? Of course not. You think Jesus himself, the fulfillment, the word of God made flesh? John 1 didn't know what he was saying. Didn't know that he was beginning the song, the psalm that they knew. Hey, not only did he bring that up, you know what should have happened that day? They should have started thinking, you know what? Wait a minute. I recognize that. Wait a minute. All he does is bring up that first line. 
They were so blind to the word of God, so blind to the very manifestation of who God was. They started saying, oh, he's calling for Elijah. But look at Psalm 22, drop down to verse 16. For dogs have come past me. They're surrounding me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones. They didn't break one of them. And they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. What should have happened when Jesus begins to quote Old Testament scripture? And you know, if you don't memorize things very easy, put put it to a song. How many of you still trying to figure out, trying to look up something in alphabetical order. Can't get away from it. Something should have clicked in their minds. Hey, wait a minute. I, I thought some of this seemed, oh, wow, we really messed up. <laughs> we are fulfilling scripture in our anger, in our gambling for his clothes, in our piercing his hand and our feet, in our surrounding him and mocking and ridiculing him. Oh, no. I know what he's saying. Somebody said, well, one person of the Trinity had to turn their back on another person of the Trinity. You're not going to find that in the Bible. In fact, if you keep reading the psalm. Verse 24 says, he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of his, the afflicted. Neither hath he held his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. This is not Jesus as even natural carnal man that is laid aside saying somehow the divinity and the, the glory of God has, has just completely failed me. No, no, no. He was getting their attention and saying, listen. This is scripture being fulfilled. What's wrong with you? Why don't you see this? Why don't you repent? Even at this hour, like the one thief that hung on the cross and said, listen, we're getting what we deserve, but he's innocent. Psalm 69 should have started clicking in their minds. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's uh, the psalmist talks about piercing his hands and his feet. The, the psalmist talks about parting his garments and casting lots for them. I'm seeing this unfold before my eyes. Psalm 69, 21. They gave me also gall for my meat and for my thirst. They gave me vinegar to drink. Psalm 34, 20. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Why didn't it just click in their minds? This is God's anointed. This is the, the Christ. This is the Savior. Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost in Acts, the second chapter, and said, You took him with cruel hands. You murdered the one that came to save you. Listen to me. God's word. We see in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, he was despised. He was afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. This was our chastisement. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. First Corinthians the 11th chapter after the death, burial and resurrection and the apostles are 
building the church. They are the foundation, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Begin to go out. Corinth was a very carnal, very spiritually immature church. Paul is straightening some things out. He uh, spends a little time right before this talking about uh, gender fluid haircuts of the day. Straightens that out. But then he goes on to verse 23 and says, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. When he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. He understood fully these prophecies. He understood fully as God and man, fully God, yet fully man knew what was ahead, knew that he would be broken, knew that he would be killed that day and begins to take what was only known as a Passover feast, a time where they would look back and say that when Moses and the children of Israel were going to be delivered out of Egypt, that there would be before that last great plague of the death of the firstborn of every family, that death was pronounced. But he said, I'm going to make a way that you can escape this plague through the blood of the Passover lamb. That we are going to institute this feast that would would not only commemorate this time, this fleeing out of Egypt, where the blood would be applied to every home. And that when death would come over that home and look for for payment there, that that blood would take the place of death and say, there's already been a death here. And that death angel would pass over that home. Now he's saying, I am the Passover lamb. I'm the one that when death comes to you and says that you are sinful, you are, you are not only going to experience physical death, but a spiritual death, a separation from God for eternity. I'm going to take that place and my blood is going to cause the death that You owe me because the wages of sin is death. Now this Passover feast, if you will, is going to be a fulfillment uh, of, of what Jesus does for us. And he commemorates this. He takes this and adapts it to to what it would ultimately be pointing to his death for us. He takes that bread. Let me say. As we begin to to obey God tonight and his will for for our remembering him, we we spent quite a bit of time last Sunday morning just kind of talking how how Christianity, if you will, or what was really commonly seen as Christianity. There was a great apostasy, great falling away, really a mixture of idolatry and paganism that mixed with what should have been pure love for God and his word. Really, you begin to see man-made 
religion, man-made organization, if you will, begin to, to work, starting there in Rome. There is uh, a false doctrine that is that when the, the priest will take the bread that we're getting ready to, to talk about here a little bit, that he will pray a prayer. And that, uh, that wafer that is, uh, that is going to be a part of what they're calling the, the Eucharist is not just representative of the body of Christ, but it through the prayer and the blessing of the mass that is performed, that priest has the power to transform that bread into the literal body of Jesus. And there are countless today that that believe that that priest has the power to take. It's called transubstantiation. They take the substance that is bread, but through the mass and the prayer of the priest, that now it becomes the literal body, the literal blood of Jesus. What doctrine hasn't the Roman Catholic Church just destroyed and perverted? We take this time to remember him. We take it as a memorial for him. That the Bible says this is to be done in remembrance of me. He said, I, 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 he took the bread. He said, take heat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We uh, today have prepared bread. You say, this, why would you call that bread? That looks more like maybe flat bread or a, a cracker, if you will. But if you remember, even in the book of Exodus, when they were getting ready to, to be delivered from Egypt, he said, we're going to make bread, but we're not going to give it uh, uh, the agent of, of leaven. It's going to be unleavened bread. We're going to keep the yeast out of it. Leaven is really a, another term for yeast. And that yeast would, would take time to rise. But we're in a hurry. We've got to get out of here. And we're going to leave in haste. So we're going to prepare bread, but it will be unleavened bread. In remembrance of that great event, there was this Passover feast that Jesus was fulfilling in Matthew and in the Gospels. It, the Passover feast was a part of a several day feast called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Right. What is the significance I've seen? And really, I'll be honest with you, if we're talking about something that looks kind of neat, man, passing around a big fluffy loaf of bread that's had time to rise and handed it down and, and, and tearing yourself off a piece of that, it's, uh, it looks pretty good. But scripturally, there's a reason why this was unleavened. There's a very important reason that it was unleavened. First Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Paul is talking about the church. Paul is talking about the body of Christ. You cannot separate the understanding that when we talk about his body, we are members of his body. That's why I told you this morning how important it is that we have this fellowship and this community. 
It's not you saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take communion over here because I, I, I loved you. We need to come together as one, in one place, he says, as one bread, as one body. He's talking about now sin and addressing sin that was happening in the Corinthian church. And he says, your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven, a little bit of yeast, leaveneth the whole lump. If you were to ask me, is, is this bread leavened? Well, you know how people sometimes answer, ah, a little. Then it's leavened. It's not a little leaven makes it, makes it leavened. Because in the feast of unleavened bread, this is unto God. So it wasn't, well, God... This is a feast of mostly 98, 99%. No, 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 no. A little leaven makes it disqualified from being a part of the feast of unleavened bread. Because Jesus didn't have a little bit of sin. He wasn't just really good, but he was pure. His blood was without sin. He was the perfect lamb. Amen. It says, purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump. As ye are unleavened for Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with, listen, the leaven of malice and wickedness. But with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. He's making a direct correlation to saying Jesus without sin is that bread without leaven. Amen. And as we, we seek to, like with the heart of Jesus, to, to save, to, that, that we want, we want folks that, that don't know God, folks that are, that are lost, people that are bound in sin, we want them to come so we can see them set free. But the Bible goes on in this chapter very seriously saying if somebody calls himself a brother and they, they go on and practice sin, hey, listen, listen, that's, uh, you're affecting the whole lump. Praise God. That bread is unleavened because it is symbolic of the body that was given for us. He wasn't just a good man. You see, I remember as a young man learning about how the Roman government crucified many people. In fact, Christians from this point, the Bible talks about years later that some of these evil men would line their, their gardens with Christians hanging on posts or hanging on crosses and set them on fire to light their gardens. Mankind can be so evil. And, and, and I remember hearing about others that were crucified because this method that, that of execution that Rome devised to not only mur- murder and execute, but to humiliate and to cause suffering. I thought, no, no, that almost seems sacrilegious to me. Jesus was, was crucified. But see, he wasn't just another man being crucified. He was God's perfect sacrifice without sin. The Bible says 
He was, as we quoted earlier, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Tonight, we take the unleavened bread, and we break it in remembrance of what Jesus did for us. Can we bow our heads right now as we break this bread and begin to thank God for every time he healed us? Can we thank him right now? For every stripe upon his back. Can we thank him right now? For his brow that was pierced. For his hands and his feet. His side. Can we thank him today? Oh, thank you, Lord. As we break this bread, remembering... The pain, the cruelty that he took upon himself, so unworthy of the hatred, so unworthy, but he did it for you and I. Tonight we prayed for the sick. We believe God heals because by his stripes we were healed. When he had given thanks, he broke this bread, said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. I want to make one more mention that in the false religion that we have seen, and I I know that this has not just um, isolated to the Roman Catholic Church, but the the modern day that tries to sanitize and puts away the blood, puts away an altar, puts away the, 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 the things that, that bring us to a place where we humble ourselves before God, have, have brought out this nice, clean, circular wafer. remember going uh, many years ago to a Pentecostal church with my wife, and we caught it on a day of... of uh, of communion, they brought out, passed everything out, and these nice little wafers. I, I remember leaning over my, I said, "You break that, you break that. This is broken unto him. This isn't something that's that's to be sanitized and so perfect and so beautiful. This is a horrible thing. You break that wafer because his body was broken for us. Not something that's some have said is so perfect and pure that you can hold up and, and that that from." From the days of sun worship, just the picture perfect circle of the sun, but no, something that was broken for us. He said in verse 25, after the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this new covenant that I'm making with you. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. You don't replay and reinstitute another death. But we are showing forth, we are remembering what he did for us. Now, I know a lot of people have been very confused about this. Somebody says, well, do you use wine for communion? Well, Initially, I'd say the same way I use bread for communion, because this is bread. You say, is that bread? It is. It's unleavened bread. This is unleavened 
wine. Looked it up even today, just a fresh start of, of my uh, my studies. If you'll, uh, I'm not recommending you do it, but I looked it up not on a not on a Bible website, but I went to a winemaking website. Don't have any plans on starting a new hobby. <laughs> Fermentation says yeast is essential to the winemaking process. What? It converts the sugar in grapes to alcohol during fermentation during the process of making alcohol brother chris naomi came to their their new home and i I believe the the person who had it beforehand had some things they wanted cleaned out and and in the basement there was a large wine making setup there and uh and i remember bringing this up and having this bible study with brother chris one day talking about about alcohol and and uh and what the Bible teaches about that. And I said, as far as communion goes, you have to introduce leaven to cause fermentation, either naturally or, or some other method. But it is the, the leaven that is so. And he said, I know. I know what you're talking about. I've got it down in my basement. I've seen it on the labels. I went down and looked at it myself. The sinless body of Jesus that was offered and broken and the symbolism of that unleavened bread, that sinless body. Amen. I wonder why it's so hard for people to recognize that the leaven isn't in the blood either. That that blood was special. That blood was, was holy. Without sin. In order to have a feast of unleavened bread, there would be not a little, not only some, but to the knowledge of every home, we have removed leaven from the premises during the feast of unleavened bread. We're not going to take it out of the the bread that represents his body and introduce it into the cup. And it is also very interesting to me to recognize if you'll follow me here, say, well, I just believe wine is wine. And that's what we use because it doesn't say any kind of juice. Well, we can study that and I can show you definitely places in the Bible where God refers to that unfermented, that unleavened drink as wine as well. Very, very clearly from Scripture. Let the scripture be your dictionary. The Bible talks about rightly dividing the word. Amen. Well, but let's, uh, just to be more clear, let's look at all the places where Jesus refers to the communion cup and the wine that's in it. Yeah, I don't know where to turn because it's not there. But Matthew 26, verse 28, he says, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this, what? Fruit of the vine. Sounds like it's fresh off the vine. This didn't sit around. Can I tell you what those who partake in the hobby of fermentation, whether it's alcohol or foods that are fermented, which are very popular today, supposedly promoting uh, probiotic environment in your digestive system. They'll tell you that 
fermentation is very clearly a controlled rot. You're allowing it to rot a little bit, controlling it to a point where it's not going to hurt you, but it, it, that we're going to allow that rotting process to produce bacteria. Can I tell you something about Jesus? The prophecy was clear that he did not have that rotting agent. He was not, his body was pure of the, of, of sin. Amen. And his body did not see corruption. Why allow that rotting putrefaction in the cup to represent the very blood of Jesus? It's just not scriptural. It's just not scriptural. He said, I will not drink henceforth this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new. What's new wine? (laughs) Remember, he said they're drunk with new wine. You can't get drunk. That was why they're mocking them. It is that fresh squeeze. Uh, the Bible even talks about the, in, in the Old Testament how that, that wine that's still in the cluster. Because God's word uses that word interchangeably. If you go to Mark, again, I'll just read it to you here if you uh, get behind. But Mark fourteen twenty four, same scriptures. He said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Luke twenty two seventeen, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, take this, divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. No rotting, no putrefaction, no leaven, the pure blood. Does it matter? Certainly it matters. We're remembering the sinless blood, the sinless body of Jesus. Can we just stop right now and thank him for that blood that was shed? As they pierced his hands and his feet. Bible says that. They would come after their time of mocking, their time of cruelty was over and they were ready to take them down from the crosses and bury them. They would go around and break their legs. Not just inflicting cruel pain upon the pain that they already had. But it was imperative for their their legs to be intact because the, the hanging of the weight of the body for hours upon a cross, beaten and bloody, the weight of that, uh, of your body just being hung on those nails would cause great suffering and great difficulty in breathing. They would hang, slumped over, and and they'd have to put the weight on those nails, pulling themselves up and, and supporting that nail through their feet, pushing themselves up 
just to get a breath and then to slump over again. And it began to be more and more labored and more and more difficult as that, that, that suffering took its toll and their lungs would slowly fill with fluid and the breathing became more and more labored till finally they would break their legs and cause them to suffocate in the own, their own fluids and bloods that was now separating in their chest cavity. They came to Jesus and they said he's already dead. And fulfilling the scripture that none of his bones would be broken because it was it was just the, the part of the, fi- the finality of crucifixion. That the legs would be broken, but because they already saw he was dead. The soldier comes and pierces his side and outflows the blood. The blood and the water. Right around that time, as he said. Into thy hands I commend my spirit and gave up. The Bible talks about giving up the ghost. So what you see flowing out of that holy body is the blood, the water, and the spirit. We see that great gift that was given to us. That our blood, born in sin, needing a Savior. But Jesus paid the price that we could be free. That through his blood, as we turn to him, that blood that flowed as we repent and cry out to him in an altar, a place of dying, a place of, of sacrifice. He goes on talking about the water that flowed, that, that water that represents that cleansing, that, that time where we come and get buried with him in water. And then that filling, as we saw here tonight in this beautiful service already, the spirit of God that he gave. That we are filled with his power. Oh, aren't you thankful tonight? Aren't you thankful for that price that's been paid? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27. Is a message to the church now. Wherefore, or because of all this, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord un worthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Who's worthy? Who's worthy? There's not one of us that couldn't just stop in the fear of the Lord and say, whoa, wait a minute. It's only because of your mercy. None of us are worthy. But to eat and drink this unworthily is to take it lightly. To take it lightly without a surrender that's saying, Lord, that price that's been paid for me, that great price, I honor it by giving my life fully to you. Now, I'm not going to walk in, in my will, in my way. I'm not going to just consider it in vain. But Lord, I surrender my life to you. And I take that sacrifice seriously for my own salvation. It says, let a man... Examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, listen, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, many sleep. Hear me. Somebody told me here the other day as they read through the Bible, they said, you know why? It just seems like. You know, things have changed in the New Testament. You just don't see that judgment, that wrath. Have you read this verse? Not discerning the Lord's body. Many are weak and sickly among you. Many sleep. This is not to be taken lightly. 
This is something we approach with reverence. It's something that we approach with a whole heart. It's not just something we come to church and say, wow, hey, guess what I did today? Oh, what'd you do? I went to church and took communion. What's that? I don't, I don't know. But and then go on your way and live your own life. No, this is, this is a, this is a holy event that we, we express our commitment to the cross. Because he says, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. I wonder if we could just take some time, if you care to gather around the front of this church now. And just, we want to take some time to search our hearts in thankfulness. We want to take some time, just before we take communion together, we want to take the time and rededicate, re-surrender. Search your heart. Search your heart. Lord, if there's something in me that I need to to lay down at this altar, there's something in me, Lord, I need to make right. Today's the day we give away, our, we, we, we lay down our grudges. We're going to lay down our unforgiveness. We're going to lay down everything that's not like Jesus and say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Search me, oh God, and know my heart today. Oh, yes. Try me, oh Savior. Know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Oh, search our hearts, Lord. Search our hearts, Lord. Search our hearts, God. I surrender all. I surrender all. Oh, hallelujah. The mockery, Lord, that you endured for my sins. The cruelty you endured for my sins. The suffering, Lord, you endured for my sins. The lashes upon your back you took for my healing. Oh, God. Lord, God. Oh, the crown of thorns that you wore. The nails that pierced your hands and feet and lifted you up between heaven and earth. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the hours you hung on that cross and prayed. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, God. 
piercing of your side with a spear, Lord. Every, every moment, every, everything that you endured for us. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, we cannot imagine. Cannot imagine all the pain and all the suffering that you endured. But more than that, that you took my sin upon you who knew no sin. You tasted of that cup of my sin. You felt the shame. You felt the guilt of my sin. Every filthy act, every filthy word. Lord, you drank of that cup. You took, Lord, my sin upon you, never knowing sin, never tasting the filth of sin. But, Lord, you took my sin to that cross and you became sin that we might be your righteousness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because when you cried, it is finished. When you said the debt has been paid, You did it for my sins. Hear me, church. Hear me, every one of you. That horrible, horrible debt that we owed because of our sins. Not some general idea of sin, but the very sins that you've committed. Everyone you've hated. Everyone you've lied to. Every every act of adultery. Every drunken day. Every... Drug stupid moment. Listen to me. He took that upon him as his own. Took it as his own guilt. And took your place. Took my place. And that's how he died. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As we begin to, as we finish up rather, searching our hearts and being so grateful if you'd move out from where you are and take a, take a cup, take a piece of bread. Don't, don't take, don't partake of it yet. We want to take it together. We want to wait till everybody has, want to tarry for one another, but oh, we're not in a hurry. We're not in a hurry, but oh, search my heart, God. Search my heart, God. Search my heart, God. Oh, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you for your presence here, Lord. Thank you for your, your love. What love? What love? What love that he would suffer, that he would die. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Mm, Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. I believe whatever the cost. And when time 
has surrendered and earth is no more. I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Let's move out and take a piece of bread, take a cup and I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. Oh, I believe whatever the cost. And when time has surrendered, and earth is no more. Well, I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Oh, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. Oh, I'll believe whatever the cost. And when time has surrendered and earth is no more, oh, I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Oh, just hold it in your hand and thank Him. Oh, I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary. Oh, I'll believe whatever the cost. And when time has surrendered and earth is no more, oh, I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Oh, I believe, hallelujah, in a hill called Mount Calvary, and I believe whatever the cost, and when time has surrendered and earth is no more, oh, I'll still cling to that old rugged cross. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Calvary, Lord. Thank you for this cross. Mm, I feel His presence here with us. It's so good. I want to read this again. And we will take it together. For I received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do 
in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Let's take communion together now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that was shed. Thank you, Lord, for your body that was broken. Thank you for the mercy. The mercy that you've shown us to forgive us of our sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you for the suffering you endured for me. Thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid for me. Thank you for the blood you shed. Oh, hallelujah for me. Oh, give him glory. Go ahead. Lord, in Jesus' name, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Yes, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Oh, you're wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what can wash away my sins nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord, again. Thank you for this price that you paid for us. Thank you, Lord, for... Victory over sin for knowing that it is finished. The price has been paid. We look to you, Lord. We look to you every day, Lord, for the, Lord, the payment for our sins, God, and we trust you. Lord, I'm asking you now to bless each one, bless each life, God, I pray. Keep us safe in this world, and as we travel, God, bless each one, Lord, and help us whenever the enemy would come against us, Lord, that because of your blood, Lord, we are overcomers. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.
God bless you. Love you, church family. Look forward to a new year.